Guys, Hayao Miyazaki just does not miss. It's been at least two years since the last time I watched Kiki's Delivery Service, and I honestly think it might be in my top three now. It's got everything a boy could want. You got, uh, witches, because that's dope as hell. It's got a bunch of animals with a ton of personality. Uh, Gigi, I had a t-shirt with Gigi the cat on it, uh, in, I think, middle school or, like, freshman year of high school and it was like my favorite shirt i wore it all the time if it was clean and a couple of times when it wasn't i was that kind of weeb back then i have reformed i completely forgot about Gigi's girlfriend and eventual children that's like a spoiler but you know what to look forward to it the whole movie because it's just during the end credits every single animation of any of those cats walking i could just watch a loop on that permanently until i die and never have any regrets I don't need relationships with other people. I don't need to feed my own cat even. I'll just watch this. Let her starve to death in the other room because she likes to fuck around and pull on the bed sheets and rip up the curtains while I'm recording. She's kind of a bitch. But I will be damned if this movie didn't make me want to lay on the floor in a sunbeam with her and take a cat nap. Cat nap. Something I definitely did. <laughs> we just slept in the sun for like an hour and a half after this movie. And aside from the best cat walking cycles anyone has ever seen, this movie's got Jeff in it. Every time I rewatch it, I am pleasantly surprised to remember that not only is the big dog named Jeff, but that he is such a champion and a hero. The entire plot just forgets about him after his one scene, but goddamn does he steal the show. You're a good boy, Jeff. Don't let anyone take that from you. His owner is a little boy named Ket, and... I knew the voice was familiar, I watched the English dub of this, and also, the fact that I think of children as animals and worthy of fitting in the animal section isn't a mistake, it's just a genu genuinely be bleh, bleh, genuinely held belief of mine. I'm not gonna edit that out, this is personal growth right here. In the dub, Ket is voiced by fucking Pamela Seagal, and if you don't know who Pamela Seagal is, she voices Bobby in King of the Hill. That makes him one of the best characters in any movie I've ever ever watched because solely because of the vague connection to King of the Hill and specifically Bobby Hill. Also a big fan of those boss ass crows. Not only do they hang out with Ursula, the best character in the movie, but they also just straight fuck up Kiki because they think she's stealing eggs and they ain't about that. Also, there's geese, and they take just long enough to warn Kiki about an incoming gust of wind that they knew was gonna happen. That she literally can't avoid it. They, they, they don't break formation to avoid it or anything. They just sit and wait and then warn her at the last possible second because that is what a goose would do. A goose would intentionally fuck itself over just to ruin your day. It is absolutely stunning character work and we haven't even gotten to the characters yet. This follows in the cool Ghibli trend of having a good parent characters instead of ones that only exist to get killed for character development. It made me want to go see my parents. After my nap in a sunbeam, I got up and I drove to my parents' house. Kind of a waste of gas, but still pleasant. Also, my dogs live there, so any excuse to see them is a valid one. I don't know, something about supportive caretakers? It just hits different. And Kiki looks out again. The town that she crash lands in has a bread shop, and it's run by this pregnant woman named Osano. 
and she is just a delight. She's full of jokes and banter, but she still wants to make sure Kiki's safe and happy and healthy. Gives her a room to live in as long as she works for her. But that was like a thing people actually used to do. You could actually work for room and board. And Kiki kind of left home specifically to work for room and board because the trial is to make money doing witch stuff. And she does it by working at the bakery. So that all kind of just works out. And since Osono is pregnant, there has to be somebody that made her pregnant, and that guy's name is Fukuo. They don't say it in the movie, I don't remember. I literally had to look it up in the English dub. He's not credited. He's not in the credits at all. Brad Garrett, why are you out here voicing a good-ass character and then not even demanding to be in the end scroll everybody skipped? I didn't skip it. I specifically looked for you, you bastard. One of my favorite non-cat-related animation touches that they did in this there's a scene where kiki is late coming back from something and fukuo his whole character is based around like acting like he doesn't care he's very aloof but he, he really does care that's that's the trick so uh he he's staring out the window and kiki comes into view and then he runs back into the store so when she gets there he can like stumble out and act like oh didn't see you coming in. I definitely wasn't waiting up for you for the past several hours because I was worried about you. And it's so cute. And also he does a little trick where he spins a pan of dough on his finger, like a Harlem Globetrotter, but with bread product, specifically to impress a cat because Gigi was the only other one in the room. And he does it on both hands at the same time and it's badass. And then he looks at Gigi and winks and it's like, <laughs> all right, you didn't have to flex that hard. I'm sure he's going to be a great father, because at the end of the movie, uh, the, the, the wife, like her water breaks, I guess, they don't like show anything, but she just all of a sudden goes, ooh, I think I'm having the baby now, <laughs> and, and he, he trips over a table. <laughs> so I think, I think he's got all of the fixings to be another goofy, lovable dad in this movie. Then, not necessarily caretakers, there's uh, the old lesbian couple. Sure, they might not be specifically stated to be lesbian, but I feel like if you got two old unmarried ladies and they, they live together in a big house and it's just them and they, they, there's just some things that you can't get around. I'm willing to wager they're just a little more than gal pals, but they're young at heart and they express their love through baked goods and they goof around. And they, they're so very thankful that Kiki comes and helps clean for him. We'll get to Kiki because she's actually just a really good character. Not the best character in the movie because uh, that would be Ursula. She's a painter that lives in the woods and her only friends are crows. She takes care of them and she draws them and she's perfect. She's very confident of her abilities, but since she can actually always back it up, it's not arrogance, it's well-deserved. After growing up primarily with American media, where essentially every woman is just a decoration or a damsel in distress that needs to be saved or a prize to be won, it's just, it's like I'm being spoiled by Hayao Miyazaki and his inability to write a weak female character. Ursula is a peak example up there with Nausicaa, and after her first scene where she kind of goes away without even getting named yet, you're like, oh, that's sad, we're not going to get to see any more of the weird lady that sits on her roof and draws crows at midnight. But then she just kind of shows up again later, and it's the best. She's wearing a straw hat, and she essentially abducts a child from her surrogate parents. I wish she would abduct me, I want to go to the forest and be painted with crows. Also, she's the key to the emotional core of this movie. But before I can get to that, I gotta talk about Kiki. 
She is just a genuine delight, literally always going out of her way to help people, never expecting anything in return. People try to pay her, and she initially refuses them. People have to force money into her hand. Another great role model for young people watching these movies. I wish I could say I have the drive to do good for people that she has. I genuinely had to fight back tears at the scene where one of the, one of the old lesbian ladies made her a cake and she had to try not to cry tears of joy. Imagine being genuinely thankful and happy for something. Couldn't be me. I have not smiled since 7th grade. Now you might be wondering what that emotional core thing I mentioned before getting into Kiki was about. At one point in the movie, Kiki does literally everything right in the whole day, like everybody she meets is just tickled pink to meet her, and then she's still disappointed in herself because she is slightly late because she got caught flying in an actual thunderstorm, and since she feels like she let somebody down, she gets the equivalent of a writer's block or some creative block. Her creative outlet is flying, I suppose is the analogy. And I related to it really hard because I've had that exact same thing happen. Not with flying, because I don't have any magical powers, I'm basically useless, but uh, with writing, which is one of my creative outlets. I really enjoy writing, and every time I sit down and try to do it, monkey brain not work, and I just kind of type three or four sentences and then backspace them out, and then I, I leave. I can't handle it. Writer's block sucks. Or even with this podcast, it took me a long time to start it. Even before I got the idea for Ghibli-thon, there were a lot of different things I tried to do, like I was going to do a series on Pirates of the Caribbean by myself and heavily edit like soundscapes and stuff into them, but I felt like I wasn't good enough to do it on my own, and without a co-host, I wouldn't be able to do anything that anyone would be willing to watch or listen to. The scene where Kiki realizes that she's having this block and she's running down a hill trying to fly even just a little bit hit really close to home. It's a great visualization of not being able to make yourself do something that you love. It shows the negative feedback loop of trying and failing to do something and then proceeding to fail harder because you've let yourself get disheartened by the amount of failures you've had before. That inability to move on or catch on to the passion that you once had. Thank God for Ursula. When she randomly shows up on Kiki's doorstep and abducts her, secretly just because she wanted to paint her, she also gives her the emotional support that she needs to figure out, hmm, maybe I will fly again. Just because I'm having a hard time now doesn't mean I'm never going to be able to do what I love. That type of message is one of the reasons I don't have ads on any of these yet. Even though I have sponsorship deals waiting, I want to prove to myself and to others that I can do this and I can grow and get better at it. I'm punching my negative self-talk in the dick. Imposter syndrome? More like I barely know her syndrome. The more you love something, the worse struggling with it feels. This movie is such a tender and caring way of saying, all you gotta do is just be yourself and keep on trying. That is a touching and intimate message. You know what else is touching and intimate? Another fucking brilliant Joe Hisaishi score. He never fails. He is perfect. He is a god of music. When Kiki turns on her radio on her first flight and the, cr the, the opening credits music starts, Mmm, wow, chef's kiss. So good. It starts off like city pop. You're thinking, oh, it's just some little radio ditty jams, and then the singing kicks in, and then the credits start rolling, and it's such a good sequence. So well done. Expert. This man's could make a soundtrack to a dog taking a shit, and it would still probably bring me to tears. I would be emotionally invested in that dog taking a shit. I, this is a bad analogy. I shouldn't have gone down this route. <laughs>
but when you put the soundtrack over something that looks like a living painting, a beautiful, beautiful piece of art with a heart-touching story and a great message too, it's perfect. I think this movie might be a perfect 10 out of 10. I can't find a single flaw with it. I am so invigorated after watching it. After my parents' house, I put the soundtrack on to get me back in the mood for this recording session, and it just filled me with this sense of adventure so much I was like, alright, I guess I'm just gonna go drive to my favorite woods and sit by a lake and just look into the distance while these beautiful jams ring out from my car speakers, and then I'll turn it down whenever anyone else drives by because I don't want to be a nuisance, and I know that maybe not everyone would like it, but they should like it because it's quality. But I, I, I mean, there's like sound ordinances and stuff. And some people are there just to kayak or to fish. And I don't want to bother them. So whenever anyone's within like eyeline sight, then I'll turn it down. But aside from that, we are bopping. We are dancing to this shit in the front seat with the seatbelt off. But also the car's in park, so I don't need the seatbelt on. Maybe it isn't as epic. Like it's telling a grand tale like the legend. But just try to not be happy listening to this soundtrack. There is a reason Kiki became the face of the whole chill vibes, chill lo-fi beats to relax and study too. It's because this movie literally feels like you're meeting a friend for the first time in a long time and you guys just go in for a hug without any words. It's comforting. The animation, the music, the message, all of it. It's so feel good. It's great. Love Kiki's delivery service. 10 out of 10 movie. I said it before. I'm saying it now. Also, I forgot to bring it up beforehand, I fully intended to, but uh, it's based on a book called Kiki's Delivery Service that was written, or I guess released, published. Published is the word I was looking for. In 1985, it's a whole series of novels. There's, there's five of them. The most recent one came out in 2017, so that's a lot sooner than I thought. Also, there was a live-action movie based on the same novel in 2014. I haven't seen that one. Who knows if it's as good? Highly doubted unless Joe Hisaishi did the soundtrack and everyone else that was involved in this one did it and it's just this movie because this movie's perfect. I, I think I've fully decided this is now in my top three favorite Studio Ghibli movies and I can't tell you which one it's replacing because we've only gotten to one of my three favorites and Grape of the Fireflies is such a unique piece of art that it can't really be replaced by something that isn't even tangentially related. But the other two movies, they better watch their necks. The first place one is still the first place one. But the one that was originally up, up there as well? When we get to it, I'll tell you. But some of you are going to be pretty shocked at the one that this one just kicked out. Thankfully, I have a good amount of time before I need my written apology letter for saying that anything's better than that movie before uh, I get to it. So We are coming to a close. I don't know if you guys can tell, but... Aside from the first one, I've been weaning myself off from any scripts. I've been trying to write less on them and even just not looking at them the entire time I record. I want, I think I'm having more fun doing these in a passionate rant sort of style instead of a here are the things that I liked and here is why I liked them. I think it's fun for me to just let my mind wander and get to the parts that I enjoyed as they pop into my squirrel brain. I think this is the style I want to do the rest of this series in. I'd love to hear some feedback. You can't do it now, uh, but you, you will be able to do it later. So if you're listening to this in the distant future, you'll be able to do it now. I'm planning on having the social media up after the next episode, but before the one after that, because that, that, that'll be my weekend gap where I'll have the time to actually get into it, get everything hooked up properly and get the links and URLs so I can just copy paste them into the descriptions and I'll go back and edit them in. And then those first few ones, I'll 
specifically shout them out and it's gonna it's gonna be a whole deal i hate social media but we'll get to it It, it's something that i gotta do to help grow and advertise because i don't want to just keep harassing my friends to listen to this because i feel embarrassed about that i want complete strangers to listen to this so they have no way of telling me i'm shit except for on social media which i can turn off also i very much appreciate the support and no one has told me i'm shit even though i'm still anxious and half trying to please everyone else along with pleasing myself by making an episode i enjoy i'm insecure don't know what for i'm turning heads when you walk through the door or Next episode is going to be the first Ghibli movie that I have not seen even a single time, only yesterday. That's what it's called, only yesterday. I didn't just watch it yesterday, I watched Kiki today. Why would I watch the one that's next before the one that was today? That's stupid, you're stupid for thinking that. Thank you for putting up with me, and I'll see you next time.